you and Porter have had the pleasure of working with before, as good as anyone in the game, has been good enough to jump on you. And hello, mate. Sam, thank you very much for that introduction. I'm blushing. Well, no, look, you just put the resume together and I read it. Um, this John Rahm signing, uh, I mean, the, Cam Smith was big because he was at the peak of his powers. Um, but this is a two-time major winner, the current Masters champion. He's in the running for the Jack Nicholas Award. The size of the deal is going to make him the highest paid person in sport, even more so than the baseballer that just signed a deal that's quite back-ended and not fully guaranteed. So it's as big a deal as there has been in golf. What was your take? Well, there is a lot to wrap your head around, isn't there? And I think um, I think the, the, the most important thing with the John Rahm signing is the timing of it all, given the fact that the December 31 deadline is looming for the negotiations between PGA Tour and the Saudi, uh, the PIF, the Public Investment Fund. Um, it still remains to be seen what's happening there, but I think this will be the catalyst for um, ex- expedited talks between the PGA Tour and, and the Saudis because I think something needs to happen at the end of the day. What we want, what we all want, fans and players, is the best players playing against one another on a regular basis and having this fractured world of golf uh, like it's been for the past 18 months is not good for anyone. But um, kudos, as you said, to Greg Norman, kudos to um, to John Rahm uh, for taking the leap. And um, I'm sure there's going to be some big names following him uh, pretty soon. Well, he's getting his own team, which I thought was a really interesting part of that because that says to me that not only is he coming, but there are others. And there's been reports that Terrell Hatton and Tony Finau uh, could be a couple of those names. But if he's going to have a, a, an equity stake in his own team, which is part of this deal, John Rahm, he, he's not going to get nobodies. Not at all, no. And you're right. I mean, him and uh, Rahm and Finau are very close friends. They practice and play together in Arizona. So I think that would be a no-brainer, no matter how much Tony Finau downplays it. I think that's almost a given. Terrell Hatton's name was thrown around at the beginning of Live 18 months ago. I think that would be a no-brainer. I've also heard other names, like Nikolai Wigard. Um, apparently, there's an Australian in there as, as well. Um, I, I think at some point, it's not going to be a, a shock. It's going to be almost relatively normal players that jump ship. But, you know, I, I just think there needs to be, like I said, it needs to come together and amalgamate in some capacity because it's, it's just bizarre what's going on. It is, Ewan, and the PGA seems to be almost at odds with itself at the moment. Rory leaving his seat on the player advisory board. There's reports that he and Patrick Cantlay just don't see eye to eye, that Patrick now has a major influence over what's happening, and he's one of the reasons why there's hold-ups with the negotiations and the alliance with the PIFs, and he's been one of the people majorly pushing for this announcement today that they're going to advance discussions with Strategic Sports Group, which is... Um, partly with the Fenway Group and other major um, sporting organisation owners uh, around America as they continue to talk with the PIF as well. So I'm still trying to get my head around what that means. Can you enlighten us a little bit? Well, I mean, I, I think with all... Yeah, <laughs> that sigh says it all. That sigh yeah, says it all. I, you know you know what, Sam? I, I think it's the first time in history, in the history of golf, last 12 to 18 months, that we're, we're hearing about owners and investors, et cetera. It's just been simply about golf for as long as we can remember. And I, I see exactly why Greg Norman and the Saudis have started Live. They've seen a huge gap in the market and they're going for it and it's working. The PGA Tour, they've done a great job with what they're doing um, and they have the history and everything. And 
you know, I just think, I, like I said, I think at, at some point we have to figure out a way to have a truly global tour where the best players go around the world. It's been very insular um, within the United States for a long, long time, and they've trodden on the toes of a lot of others around the world, including us here in Australia. And I, you mentioned off the bat how I've commentated around the world, and um, it's been quite eye-opening and fascinating to see how Liv is received around the world. It's, it was, um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen so many Ripper GC hats and Range Goats shirts, etc., in the Aussie events the last two weeks, but it's extremely taboo to talk about it um, in the Northern Hemisphere. And that's fine, but, you know, Australia and Asia have been two markets that have, that have, um, have, have sorely missed um, the upper echelon of competition for the men over the last however many years and uh, to see the best players in Adelaide earlier in the year and again next year and then such great fields at the Australian Open PGA. It's some wonders for our game here and the popularity of the sport in general just at participation levels and club memberships, etc. So there's a lot of good things happening in golf. We just have to figure out um, in the professional game how to, how to all get along. Yeah, and I don't think the PGA now can claim to have the whip hand. I think that's how big the John Rahm decision is that you've now got to maybe just have a little bit of humility about the way that you're going about it. Even Rory wasn't going to criticize John and saying he'd welcome him back in the Ryder Cup, which is a massive change of tune. So yeah, the next 12 months uh, and even this month is going to be just so crucial to what the future of, of golf is from a, from a weekend hackers point of view, Ewan explain the golf the golf ball rollback. Well, I mean, I, I don't see it having a, huge impact on the regular club golfer at all. I mean, it's really only going to affect the elite level of the game where, I guess, in, in layman's terms, I think it's somewhere between 10 to 15 yards that the golf, from what I've read, the golf ball um, is going to travel um, less. So if the average drive on two and hour is 305 yards, it's going to be somewhere between 290 and 295 and it's it's really for the future of the game that they're doing this because a lot of the grand old courses around the world, like your Royal Melbourne's, will they're they're already becoming somewhat obsolete. Uh, and the way the courses were designed, you can't keep building. There's just not enough land to you know make new tees and, and new greens, etc. Um, you can't just keep throwing bunkers in willy nilly or trees, water hazards, whatever it is. There's just not enough land, and it costs too much money. So. Uh, it's really for the future of the game that they need to rein it in. And um, for the club for the club golfer, it's just really not going to affect them too much. Uh, good to hear. Um, speaking of innovation in golf, I thought the Grand Thornton Invitational was sensational. Um, 54 holes, but teaming a PGA player and an LPGA player, Jason Day and Lydia Ko win it by a shot. But as I'm watching this all unfold, you and, and loving the format, loving the different formats each day, I'm thinking this should really be an international event. I mean, this could be, you know, Minji and Min Woo, Cam Smith, Hannah Green, Adam Scott, Grace Kim, Lucas Herbert and Gabby Ruffles, Cam Davis uh, and Sarah Kemp. This has got international like Ryder and President's Cup all over it for me. I loved it. Absolutely. And there should be more of it. There's been calls for more of it from the international players, believe it or not, um, over the last few years. I think with, with what's happened in the game, I think, PGA Tour realised they had to do something a little bit different and step outside the box. They did that, put on them. Um, great to see the, uh, you know, the Australasian pair of Jason Day and Lydia Ko get over the line. That was fantastic. But you're right, and I think the President's Cup should become mixed as well. Four men, four women on each side, or six men, six women, whatever it is. And um, 
I think it would make for, for a better event, but I think this will be the catalyst for further events uh, with male and females teaming up uh, with one another, which I think, once again, can only be a good thing for the sport, and it will tick a lot of boxes for sponsors too. And how great, how well some of these players complemented each other when you combine distance of men, accuracy of women, touch around the greens. And I, I just, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was compelling watching and it's a credit to them and hopefully it's something uh, that catches on. Just before I let you go, the Australian swing. So uh, the Australian PGA with Min Woo winning and then the Australian Open, which felt uh, felt like it worked better this year at the two courses than last year. Um, the internationals, Neiman and Buhai taking it out and Lockie Wood and the all abilities. You commentated both of them. Um, they seem to be a lot more eyeballs and a lot more attendance this year. Incredible, wasn't it? And I think you've got the, uh, look, I, I commentated last year down in Victoria and it was a fantastic atmosphere down there as well, but it's a much more intimate setting down at Victoria Golf Club, as you mm. know. It's, uh, you know, greens and tees next to one another and, and, and tree-lined fairways, whereas at the Australian, there's a lot more room. It's a tournament-built golf course. I mean, it's uh, it's a stadium-like course like we see in America, and it's so much more room for hospitality tents and marquees and crowds to walk around. It was just conducive to having a bigger, bigger crowd, but um, the eyeballs on television too, that was... Uh, Astronomical. I think it was 187% more than last year. Um, really, really mind-blowing. I still personally think the men and the women should have their own Australian Opens. I think they deserve separate Australian Opens. But I think when you see um, when you see numbers and figures like we've we've just spoken about, um, it's hard to argue against it. And then that's how you're going to receive government money and government support, and which Golf Australia do and I think the only sort of um, thing up in the air at the moment with it all is, uh, is it going to be in Sydney or will it be in Melbourne next year? I think that remains to be seen. I mean, if I'm the New South Wales government, I wouldn't want to be letting go of, um, of, what, uh, of what just took place with the Australian Open, that's for sure. But, you know, a Royal Melbourne or something would certainly be a, a perfect venue for it too. You and I only feel like we've just scratched the surface of everything that's going on in golf. It's, it's heady days. Um, it's, the changing of days in golf, it's, you know, history is going to look back on this period in one way or another. And it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out because the whole golfing world is, is, is changing and wow, where it's going to end up. We don't know. Thanks for having a chat about it. Uh, you're welcome, Sam. And I think just to, just to uh, cap it all off, I mean, I think us Aussies, we've seen it all before with the Super League back in the nineties with World Series cricket, with the IPL. Yeah. It's different to the Americans. Um, they've never really experienced anything like this and, and someone challenging their power, they don't like it. I think what we're seeing in the game at the moment is power and ego to play and um it's it's unfortunate but that's what happens at, at the helm of sports and um it will I think certainly within the next few months and definitely within the next twelve months it'll all be working in some capacity. Well, hopefully they just do what is best for the game and not themselves. So egos can be put aside and the fans and the people can be uh, at the forefront of all the decisions. Thanks, Ewan. You're a star. Appreciate it. You're welcome, Sam. Have a great day. Thank you. Ewan Porter, you can hear him just about on every tour all around the world uh, commentating and, and, and doing us proud. Uh, if you've got a hero or a villain nomination, if you wanted to have your say on what's happening in the world of golf right now, the John Rahm decision, PGA, golf ball, the Grant Thornton, um, please, one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 on the Werribee Key open line or the 40 Winks temper text 0433 98 11